Alrighty then, back for part two. Yeah, for part two. Thanks so much for part one. Yeah, it was good. Uh, it was great hearing that story in in one go. Really, I've heard bits, uh, you know, a little bit here, a little bit there. So it's been nice to sort of coax out the full, the full story. Um, yeah. I, first of all, I wanted to talk about Into the Wild. Okay. It is one of the books on your bookshelf. Mm-hmm. A film I watched recently, actually. Mm. Um, again, for the second time, such a such a great film. Yeah. Do you draw any parallels with you, with yourself? I do. I I got this book. The book that's on my shelf was given to me recently by some friends visiting, and uh, just to, so they w- were hoping you wouldn't kill yourself with <laughs> using the book. Hopefully, yeah. Um, I think I think uh, it was because one of my friends, um, he, he, yeah, he. He seems to think that my life is very similar to that. Right. Although I never went to Harvard. <laughs> um, uh, I do draw parallels in the sense that uh, Alexander Supertramp, he, he was also... Um, um, yeah, he was looking for more. Mm. And I think he was really influenced by... Uh, who was it? Thoreau, I think. Yeah. Um, and, and Thoreau also did the same thing, sort of went off the grid... Um, to try and connect with himself, and uh, and um, yeah, that way I think um, I find quite a lot of similarities. Um, I, I think of myself as an introvert, so I, I can think really well when I'm uh, in solitude. And um, yeah, um, I think another parallel would be I also tend to write quite a lot when I'm by myself, um, poetry and stories and. Mm. Um, so yeah, I think uh, it, it, I mean it is a very powerful story and and a film. Yeah, and he he just had this desire to just keep going, right? Yeah. I think a lot of people might have thought, even you know, packing in his his uh, life, his uh, university opportunities, his family, all of his money, his car, yeah. that seemed extreme enough. Yeah. for most people but then yeah. he just kept going it was almost like he hadn't found an, he hadn't been he hadn't gone far enough into the wild yeah and most people would stop before that last exhibition that ultimately ended in his death yeah. right yeah um do you do you th- what do you think about that in terms of I, him him just having that constant desire to just go one step further further yeah i remember in the first part we were talking about how these things could be like be like a rabbit hole yeah like you never know where to end and it's because you're you're not really chasing highs but you're ch- you're chasing this what next mm. and, and i think i mean what next in all of our lives is eventually death mm. and and some um some die on their way to work and some die after eating poison berries mm-hmm. um and and i think at that point, he also probably realized that he'd he'd rather. Uh, I mean, I'm thinking for him here. Um, maybe he wasn't, but maybe he was thinking, "I'd rather die in the middle of the forest um, than than um, from a heart attack in the middle of a." Yeah, I mean, uh, to be honest, I I I don't really remember what uh, what his last thoughts were I, I think he had written some things yeah. I mean not definitely while he was dying but he, he had definitely written about um, feeling the sense of despair that he couldn't eat anymore yeah. because of the poison berries and um, yeah I think I think uh, for for everyone it becomes this sense of uh, okay I'm gonna do this and then that I have like short-term milestones that I want to achieve and I don't know if a lot of people really want to die in the process but uh, i think when you get closer to that you kind of embrace it probably yeah what's your it's speculation though <laughs> yeah. what's your next step what what where do you see this adventure of yours going um i'm very open i have certain short term and long term visions um one of the short term visions would be to really work on becoming food sustainable uh, so that um so that we can we can then start sort of replicating this in other places and and um, because no one wants to replicate a failed idea, <laughs> yeah. so 
So once we are food sustainable, then we have shelter, electricity, water, food. The four things that we, uh, as, as a community, as yeah. Gaia Grid and as, as an individual, um, uh, aspire to have, mm -hmm. right? aspire toward. So once, once that happens, then my idea would be to try and replicate this in, in um, different places, not just India, but in different places. And of course, the eventual idea, something I've had this, so something I've had for for a while now is to is to move on, so is to sort of hand this over to um, to a stranger, preferably uh, who's not related to me, uh, who who really resonates. Yeah, with I'll the take place. it. <laughs> who, who who really? I mean, if you if you really resonate with the place and you feel like um, feel like um, you're you're willing and able to call this place your home. And retain mm. the idea of the place. Um, why not? Yeah, you know. So I mean, all of my the plants I did have at home died within uh, a few weeks of purchase. So I wouldn't yeah. trust me with this yeah. with this particular okay. <laughs> okay. endeavor. But but maybe the current you is saying that. Yeah. But maybe uh, and from three years from now, yeah. would think differently. Be sure. So allow yourself that space. I guess. I'll work <laughs> on it. And and yeah. So the idea is hopefully if I find someone who's able to. Uh, take care of the place um, as their own home then my eventual idea is to really just go live in the wild hopefully not kill myself in the process um, and, and which brings me to this really interesting point see as a vegan um, I mean I'm vegan right I'm vegan inside the project but outside the project I, I don't have the luxury to be vegan mm. so instead I accept anything that is given to me with gratitude yeah. Um, because I, I grew up and I continue to live in a country that has massive food shortages and here I can't have a moral high ground and and, uh, and yeah when food is offered to me say oh sorry this has dairy in it yeah. and, mm, and most of the people I hang out with know this and so they out of courtesy out of out of politeness they don't offer me non-vegan food so what I'm what I'm getting to um, when I talk about veganism in here and flexibility outside is that if I were to live completely off the grid, completely away from civilization, I would also be open to the idea of learning how to hunt. Mm. And and this is somewhere where a lot of my friends and most of, uh, quite a lot of my friends are vegans uh, and mostly activists who wouldn't want to harm an, anim harm an animal. So this is where we disagree and and I understand them, but for me it's also important to learn. I think it's just one more thing I want to learn. I probably won't go around shooting bears, <laughs> <laughs> or, or 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 slaughtering deers yeah. with my bare hands. But just to know that I'm capable of it. Yeah. Uh, I to be honest, I don't think I'm capable of it because taking a life of an animal with your own hands is probably a very horrible thing. Yeah, like for your own soul, but I want to see if I'm capable of it. Um, I think I think that's so important because it is this connection we have with food, and I think I'm probably on a similar page to you. But also coming here and talking to you about veganism has been so interesting because you've talked about things like like being flexible outside because of the you know you can't start turning down food, throwing away food because of a moral high ground. Yes. When so many people are are very very hungry, yeah. Um, so that's been so interesting to hear your point of view on. But I also think it is that connection with food in the sense that I think when I started eating less meat, it was about the fact that I could walk three minutes to a, a supermarket and buy food mm. and buy meat, you know, any kind of meat that I wanted, mm. and bring it home and eat it. Mm -hmm. There was no connection with that animal yeah. there. I had no idea how that animal had lived, what circumstances it was, it was sort of raised under, yeah. and also just the, it was a, it was almost an objection to the mass farming and mass production of mm -hmm. this meat. And what you're talking about is the polar opposite of that. Yeah. It's it's singular. It's it's just you and the wild you and yes. that animal allowing it time to regenerate. Yeah, and yeah. not do it in an unsustainable way which is the point we've got to right yeah which is i think why a lot of people take that stance of veganism because it's a it's an objection to the 
huge mass production. Mass production, yeah, sure. And and also, I think if I were to hunt ever, it it would be. You see, another thing that happens is, as you said, going to the mall and picking up um, meat is no dif- different from shooting a deer. Mm. Uh, the thing is, it this this act separates you from your from your meat, mm. right? So if I were to ever try it, it would be with my bare hands and a knife, probably, so mm. that so that so that I can apologize to the animal before. Um, and not use an arrow or a knife uh, or arrow or a bullet Um, but yeah I I mean getting back to what you were talking about it's really I think me going vegan was mainly again a very selfish thing because uh, or or a selfish reason because I wanted to uh, eat better for myself Mm -hmm. but of course later I got exposed to the environmental impact and and the cruelty aspect of it And, and so yeah there's there's no reasonable or logical um, uh, purpose to to supporting factory farms yeah which are like like large-scale concentration camps for animals yeah exactly would you consider putting animals on this um, on this land and and in what capacity i have thought of it i think i think an acre of land the kind of land we have which is really rocky and Mm. and, uh, sort of not plain land uh, to put an animal here, for me, I think it might be tricky. However, if I have additional land in the future, I do plan on having a cow. Um, um, a, because um, there are quite a lot of cows going to the slaughterhouse. Mm. And if I'm able to get a rescue uh, and, and, uh, in, uh, and I can um, support its survival for the, till the end of its life here on the land just by feeding it, uh, uh, fodder and feed and then uh, washing it and taking care of it and in, and of course I'm not um, against the idea of also using the cow dung mm. uh, that comes from the cow to to um, fertilize the land um, so I am definitely open to it it just it's just a matter of um, priorities at the moment uh, because right now we are kind of still struggling with the food aspect and the volunteering aspect, and we have, you know, we still have to have a team here uh, that that can take care of certain things. And once that happens, I'm pretty sure they'll I'll find someone, or I can do it myself, uh, who'll who'll take care of the cow. Yeah. It's quite interesting thinking in that way that you have one acre of land, which which is, is a large piece of land, but relatively quite small. Yeah. Um, the idea of putting, trying to raise animals on that to eat the animals would be yeah. far less economical than yeah. using all of the land to grow yeah. lots and lots of fruit and vegetables, yeah. which could feed, you know, a family of people. And the animal. And the animal. But to use that land just to feed the animal, to eat the animal, wouldn't work. Yeah. And, and you'd end up using much more resources. I mean, think of the water that goes into making feed or fodder for the, uh, for the cow and then to process the meat. I mean, it's mm. it's perverted how much water. Uh, for example, uh, you've seen Game Changers, yeah. and it shows how many liters of water you need to make a hamburger, mm. right? Um, and it's 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 crazy to think that we'd rather choose that than um, grow some corn. Yeah. <laughs> so. But it, if if you just take that one acre and multiply it by, you know, huge expanses of land, that yeah. theory shouldn't change. Yeah. No. The theory of that one piece of land, one acre, is more useful. Yeah, and, and, and to think that we have enough food on the planet to feed about 60 billion animals, which we are at the moment, right? Why do we still have hunger among humans? Mm. Like, can we not feed humans with the food we are growing? Mm. And, the, and we don't have to breed so many animals yeah. for, for meat. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's really, if you think about it, it's such a no-brainer. Yeah, it's, it's really interesting to think about it that way. Um, but yeah, we wanted to talk about some of your interests. I mean, yes. you do live in the middle. Oh, just destroying your beautiful uh, brick oh, wall here. Um, you do have, uh, you are in kind of the middle of the wild here, yeah. but you, you know, you can't escape those home comforts, yeah. you know. 
uh, reading books, yes. watching a bit of TV. Yeah. You know, I, I, I love that we've come here and been able to watch some of The Office with yes. you. Uh, you've got a fantastic bookshelf. Um, maybe, maybe give me some highlights from that bookshelf. Is there anything that, you know, has really changed the way you, the way you think um, from, from your experience of reading those things? Yeah, I, I think before I start talking about the book, I'll just give you a background of how these books came here. Yeah. Um, so before before I started Gaia, I, I had given away most of my books because um, even, even though I love reading books, I couldn't imagine carrying all the books here and, uh, and then um, keeping them on the land where there was no storage. So I had given all of, most of them away. I think I came with one book maybe. And then over time people brought books or donated books mm. or people I had given books away to in the beginning they had those books that they brought back yeah so that's how this library came to be right and of this I think my favorites here are um, I think definitely um, um, conversations with God mm -hmm. the series um, it kind of uh, it's it's the single most impactful book in my life uh, then there's Many Lives, Many Masters. Um, it's based off of a real story. Um, so is Conversations with God. And then, uh, I don't know if it's in the bookshelf, but there's also Ishmael, which, which has oh, yeah. also shaped me quite a lot. Um, and um, there's, there's everything from uh, books about Kundalini to yoga. Um, <laughs> uh, we have uh, NVC books, Nonviolent Communication, which which is something I really try to focus on. Um, um, NVC, the, the, the principle is essentially um, when you're having a conversation, what are you uh, paying attention to? Are you paying attention to what is being said? Or are you paying attention to your, the background noises in your, in your right. brain? And, and then approaching every conversation um, with this sense of um, let's be part of the solution instead mm -hmm. of... Instead of um, um, having being standoffish. Um, so it's a mindset thing of just how you how you're perceiving that situation will change the way you behave. Yes, and and you know the funny thing is, and the profound thing is that most books that I read uh, somehow are talking about the same thing. So, for example, conversations with God talks about the same thing in a spiritual New Age way, uh, and it says in every conversation or in every moment you have the choice to choose between fear and love. Mm. Right, so you could make a decision out of fear, and uh, it could be a short-term result, or you could take a decision out of love, and it would be a much more lasting uh, change if you were to make a change. Is that a hard thing to do, though? Because do you think we're naturally wired to? We have a flight, fight, or flight response. Yeah. So are we? Are we naturally wired to to use fear as a protector? Definitely. Rather yeah. than love, is love 100%. harder? I, I think the, the animal, the amygdala, the animal brain, it really uh, tries to hijack you mm. uh, in, in moments of vulnerability. So remember we, we were talking about self-preservation earlier. And, and, and that's one of the first things we want to do in a, in a moment of discomfort. We want to preserve ourselves. And usually it doesn't matter how we do it. We could do it as a fear response. Um, and... And I think it's it's great to start acknowledging it, uh, to acknowledge that yeah okay we are humans and we have evolved from reptiles and and uh, there's enough science to to show how um, uh, we we make a lot of fear based decisions, but can that be changed? And and the challenge is to ourselves that um, uh, can you change it? And and we see it in most cases that when you take a uh, decision out of out of love uh, it it positively impacts everyone around you mm -hmm. it may not be the most beneficial be beneficial for you but in the long run it works out for the best for everyone um, but again it might sound like hippie talk <laughs> yeah it and it does it does <laughs> it does and um, yeah i mean i think i think you guys read the egg Yes. The story by Andy yeah. Weir. Well, you forced us to. Yeah, forced, forced you to. It, it's something I, I kind of encourage everyone to read when they come here. It's because that's really how I, how I see uh, things around me. Mm -hmm. uh, that everyone, 
is sort of an extension of me or I'm an extension of everyone else. And if I had to treat someone else like I treat myself, then that would probably the or this is how I would want to be treated by them, you know, yeah. and, and to try and um, set that standard or, or, or lead, lead by example. And um, sometimes it works. Sometimes you get taken for a ride. Yeah. And uh, I think uh, so far, I mean, I'm thriving and yeah. I'm happy and healthy and um, I think it has worked. Yeah. So, yeah, it's it's just an effort to try and continue going that way. Yeah. So the egg is a, it's only a two minute read, isn't yes. it? Yes. I, I think it's, I I struggle in in sense that I'll read it and I'll be like, wow. Yeah, that's amazing. I'm going to live my life like that now. How do you remind yourself all the time? Yeah, and then five minutes later, I'll, there'll be an argument or a yeah. confrontation. I'll be like, you're wrong, I'm yeah. right. Yeah, yeah, and I'm yeah. not, I just, you know, it's, you have to, I guess you just have to con find techniques to constantly remind yourself of it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I do it too. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm not in no way saying I'm perfect and I've overcome that. I, I do it all the time. And it's really like a muscle. Mm. You've got to train it. Yeah. So just, uh, I mean, be easy on yourself. When you screw up, you screw up. But to realize that, okay, the next time I'm going to try a little bit more and a little bit more. And I don't know if you'll ever get to that perfect stage of being completely, um, you know, zen with everything. Mm. Um, but yeah, we can only try. Yeah. And, uh, That's amazing. Um, yeah. yeah, how about... Have you, I, I, feel, I feel like... I've I've come across these books. I haven't read. Uh, I don't think I've read any of those ones. I know mm. Hannah has, mm. but they seem to sort of follow you around a little bit, mm. especially when we're on this trail and we're meeting yeah. people like yourself, yes. and we're in this um, similar communities of people. Yeah. Um, do you think that it's a good thing that those books sort of come together and they 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 help each other sort of tell the same narrative, or is it good to you know have some books on there that are think you know the complete other end of the spectrum i think i think it's important to have all kinds of um, material to kind of get influenced by mm. um if if all of these books see i think every every reading material gives a similar underlying message but it also depends on the reader mm. so i could be reading 10 different books but getting the same message out of it it's because Maybe that's where I am mentally. Mm, so maybe I'm in this state of, yeah, I love everyone, peace, mm. whatever. And then I could read um, Noam Chomsky, who talks about manufacturing consent, but I can still <laughs> relate to or, or connect that with love, loving yeah. everyone. So it really depends on the reader, but definitely a, a wide spectrum of choices um, make makes you more balanced. Yeah. Otherwise... I mean, I I kind of shy away from calling myself a hippie because I also read books about tech and yeah. uh, books about um, archaeology and books about, um, let's say, books from by Yuval Noah Harari, yeah. um, books that talk about um, human evolution uh, in a scientific way without mentioning the words enlightenment and love and... Yeah. and uh, uh, Ha having to picture people holding hands singing kumbaya yeah. and also on the other hand uh, read books about spirituality and yoga and kundalini um, and and yeah i think you just have to expose yourself to everything yeah um, because otherwise you just develop one side of the muscle yeah i i think i think that's so true and i love reading history books or yeah. um uh I'm reading one at the moment um, by Tim Marshall, which is called Divided, which is about the history of borders. And, mm. you know, we're in a we're in a time where we've got um, Trump's wall and we've got yeah. Brexit happening or not happening. Um, there's constant conflict in, in the Middle East and, yeah. and other parts of the world. And this just goes into the, the history of why those conflicts are happening and also why why walls are important within yeah. societies and, and why some people argue that we shouldn't have any walls. Yeah. Um, and the fact that we, we, we've got to the point now where we, where we can't start again. Yeah. We, can't, we can't go back and have a clean slate. There was, there was one point in it which talked about the moon and the fact that there's a, there's a I'll get all of the terminology wrong here, but there's a, an international um, 
agreement about space and about the moon. Uh-huh. Sorry, I'm getting attacked by a bee. Um, to say that no one owns that space. There are no borders, there are no walls to do with space or the moon. Yeah. And we have just, we don't have that luxury anymore. Yeah. We've gone too far. There's too much history. There's too yeah. much baggage that means that we have to have divides and walls because those lines have been drawn yeah. and they may move. Yeah but we can't go back from that. Yeah, and also important to remember that we may have agreements about the moon, moon now, Yeah. but if someone goes and starts drilling for a precious moon, moon metal, moon oil, moon, moon oil and if they, if they find something in large quantities, they'll probably try and That'll claim it, it yeah. all for themselves. Yeah. And that's, not, that's never not going to happen. Exactly, it's always going to happen. I mean, now we have space lawyers yeah. who... who who are there just to protect the rights of an asteroid that they don't want to be drilled upon. Mm. And yeah, so on Earth, we've come really far. And, you know, also, I think, I mean, what would you think about this? Do you do you think that history is mostly fiction? I mean, of course, it's happened. It's yeah. happened for sure. But it's been written always from from the point of view of the person who won. Right. So you you're never getting the entire entirety of the facts yeah you're getting only one side of the fact definitely yeah it's a it's a story that's been written yeah. right yeah it's a narrative and there will be different narratives of that story exactly growing up we were educated in one way yes um people from the other side of the world will be educated in a slightly different way yes talking about uh world wars where the west was as conceived as this the great winner and sure. america came in and helped defeat the um, Soviet, yeah, the Soviet uh, Union in the Cold War as well, or or the Nazi regime in the, in the Second World War, sure. and uh, there's another part to that story which we don't hear, yeah. which I'm very interested in. I always try and um, listen out for that side of things because yeah. we do just get told this one narrative, yeah. and that also means that you think that way and behave that way for the next thing and the yeah. next thing, and there might be. There might be some hatred there. There might sure. be some resentment there. Sure. But maybe that is manufactured via the story that we've been told. Yeah, yeah. And, and I think I think there'll always be this sort of uh, a disagreement yeah. within the world. Um, I mean, I mean, if you look at the human anatomy, we, we are constantly... So our right brain tends to be more um, um, artistic mm-hmm. and, and more abstract. And our left brain tends to be more concrete and structured. And so even within ourselves, we are constantly at war. Yeah. Uh, we are constantly in dilemmas. Um, do I choose this and do I choose that? So to think that the world with 7.2 billion people will suddenly be at peace is never going to happen. Yeah. Um, and, and, and with varying versions of reality uh, uh, and social media that multiplies the whole variation, uh, it's only going to increase from now, from now on. Uh, and and I think this is why whenever people come here and if we even have sort of a small argument, I never try to stop the argument. Uh, I engage in it fully because because every emotion um, deserves to be felt fully. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, sometimes we say, ah, don't don't be so mad or don't be so angry, but we're kind of suppressing things. So we do that, but at the same time, kind of acknowledge the fact that our realities are different. And that's why the disagreements happen. Yeah. And so instead of meeting to crib or rant about things, can we meet together for a very small period of time together to find common ground? Yeah. And if everyone did that a little bit every day, uh, just to meet, to find something common, something that moves them together, yeah. then maybe we could, we could um, move towards a more peaceful world but yeah. of course eliminating all the disagreement is probably going to be impossible yeah and i don't think it i don't th- i don't think we should try and eliminate disagreement yeah, yeah, i yeah. think we shouldn't be trying to work towards a world where everyone agrees yeah, yeah like that's yeah. a impossible ha- yeah, and b it's not it's not yeah fun <laughs> and, and it's not fun it's not um we need people to especially when we're living in um you know those borders i was talking about some yeah. of them are huge like yeah. you look at the united states that's yeah. a it's a it, it's an enormous space with you know millions of people there yeah. we can't expect all of those people to think the exactly the yeah. same way um and 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 it's never going to be that way so yeah. so i think it's good to have arguments and debates 
and resolve them peacefully and and do it with love like yeah. rather than fear like you were yeah. saying before i think fear is is driven it drives all of that uh, when that spills over into violence sure. um that's mostly going to be driven by fear right yeah and again remember the 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 thing we spoke about earlier about the oxygen masks not gas masks <laughs> and and about the glasses that um, that when you're making a decision out of fear it's usually this decision that arises out of this feeling of uh, scarcity i i lack something yeah. and hence i need to protect it however love decisions from love are usually this decision from abundance that mm. i have so much of it and i don't have to be uh, i don't have to be mean to this i mean i can disagree with them yeah. but it can be done amicably yeah so yeah and mm. and i guess that's why how how things progress as well people come in with different ideas i mean yeah. you have you've you've had hundreds of of people come and volunteer here yeah. over three years um and each of those people have brought a different mindset, a different yeah. view, a different... And you've got to take all of that information in, yeah. weed out the stuff you're interested in, the ideas you like, sure. use use those, and then maybe just let the other ones pass by, and, yeah. and that's okay, right? Yeah, 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 absolutely. I mean, uh, and, and there is only so much capacity yeah. uh, in, your, in your brain to incorporate uh, certain things. I mean, um, uh, we were talking earlier about how... Uh, you can read 10 books but get the same message out of it because mm. of the story that's playing on in the yeah. background and so i think the same thing happens here with the hundreds of people who've passed through the place i have probably retained only information that's relevant um also because i have bad memory <laughs> uh, but for the most part retained information that's relevant for me to grow myself as a person and grow this place yeah uh, so yeah i was quite interested to to hear whether you've what you've noticed about that volunteer um, cohort that have come through. Mm. Um, obviously, you only have up to about eight to ten at a time. Sure. Um, so it's not all at once. But do you, have you noticed anything from like a human nature point of view? What's What are people naturally good at? What are they bad at? How do, Where do people come from and what do they bring? Is it... Yeah. have you noticed patterns there? Yeah, yeah. I, 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 this is the thing I love doing the most, actually. Yeah. Uh, I love observing patterns, uh, also because as a student of permaculture, observation is the first thing yeah. uh, to create a sustaining system. So I also observe human patterns. And one thing I notice is you could be, you could be um, a, a Swedish teenager mm -hmm. or you could be uh, a factory worker from Nepal yeah. uh, or you could be a housewife from Mumbai. Yeah. The fears people have, they are very, very similar. Yeah. Um, like deep fears. Not fears of spiders and, and, and snakes, but deep fears of fears of not being loved enough or fears of not being good enough. These kind of fears. And then aspirations. We may think that these people have different aspirations, but essentially what pe people are aspiring for, and I don't speak for people in general, of course, but just observing from my interactions with different people is at the end of the day you want to be loved or you want to be noticed and this is the same mm. uh, across the board so there are these um, um, underlying truths um, and, and commonalities between all these people and of course there are there are differences in race and religion and and the way they were raised but uh, but I tend to look at the similarities. That's good. Yeah. I was just wanting you to tell me like who's better at cleaning and. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, you don't have to. Uh... I I do tend to see though that younger volunteers tend to be more dreamy. Right. Um, and and tend to be more of um, planners. Okay. And older volunteers tend to be more practical and doers. Okay. And why and do you think that is? I think. Uh, I mean, I don't want to. Uh, again make assumptions let's make let's make some assumptions um we have i don't know what that is it's probably a cow cow or an elephant distressed cow no not an elephant probably the cow that's lost i think um so if if our listeners are listening to some background we're noises, not slaughtering animals, <laughs> not in, the slaughtering animals in the background yeah. <laughs> dinner's yeah. up um i think uh, one of the reasons i think why younger volunteers tend to be more dreamy is because that's 
a function of a younger brain mm. uh, to plan, to to romanticize things, and and when reality sort of gets to you, or as as you grow older, and you start working for a salary, or or you have like real commitments, and and uh, yeah, the possibility of your salary being not enough because you didn't work hard enough mm. uh, sets in you become more sort of hardwired to do your work properly in a way and and i'm not saying that younger volunteers don't do their work properly it's just a difference in um in up the approach of work and when i say younger volunteers i usually mean under 20 yeah not like five or six <laughs> uh yeah, well <laughs> actually We've had some volunteers who were like between eight and twelve right. who came as part of a family. Very responsible kids. Great, insanely responsible. So yeah, I think as people, uh, uh, and again, uh, this is my solitary experience with uh, very few volunteers. That uh, older volunteers tend to take more responsibility and tend to treat this place more as their home. Um, I think it's also because they're more at home within. Mm-hmm. And, and so that kind of reflects. Yeah. And when you're younger, at least when I was younger, I was still searching for something and that showed probably in my actions. Yeah. And is your management style that of Michael Scott from the United <laughs> Do you have a world's best boss mug? Uh, I don't have a... I wish we should I get had. You, we should get you one. <laughs> I wish I had a world's best boss mug. But um, I don't know if my relation is of a boss. No, and, it's and, definitely not. Yeah. I, I do like being funny, like or try to be. I yeah. fail miserably, <laughs> um, but uh, I, I love Michael Scott's managerial style. To mm. be honest, he's he's very he's like a friend, and um, I hope I'm not as stupid as he is. But <laughs> but maybe I'm stupid in different ways, you know. And I think the best thing about Michael Scott is he's very endearing, mm. and and you really look at all the things he does. And, and realize, okay, he sucks and he, yeah. he really severely screws up, but it's all coming from a good place. Yeah. And, and I'd like to think that I'm similar that way. Mm-hmm. Like I, I mess up quite a lot, but it's all coming from a really good place. Yeah. I like, I intend no harm. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, you, you create a very um, relaxed environment Thank around you. here, mostly because you spend most of the time in the hammock. And <laughs> you can't really, uh, you can't really give someone a grilling from a hammock. <laughs> yeah. I used, we need to talk. <laughs> yeah, I used to think that that's a new one because the other one I thought was you could never be angry with someone if you were eating an ice cream. Huh. Like if a boss, if you were if you were enjoying like a huh. a, a, a Mr. Whippy, you can't yeah. tell someone else while you're yeah. eating a Mr. Yeah. Whippy. So maybe it's a similar thing with the hammock. But yeah. no, it definitely isn't like a. I think you're very aware that people are coming, and yes, they're sort of staying in this this amazing place that you've created, but also they are giving back. Oh, of course. Work um, of and, course. you know, they're learning. You know, it's, it's, it's like everything here. Yeah. There's a cycle going on, like your, your water cycle, your food cycle, your waste cycle. It's the cycle of um, volunteers coming in. They get to experience this place. They get to learn from you about permaculture. They get to um, live in a, a beautiful part of the world. Um, and just be still for you know up to two to three uh, weeks if not more yeah um and then you get back from that some some help on the on the land yeah you get back some company yeah um, so you don't drive yourself completely crazy, <laughs> crazy. <laughs> um, and that's the cycle of this that's another one of those cycles sure. yeah and i think I, I i really shy away from saying i created gaia grid yeah or or it's a project i made and you may have seen I always refer to it as we yeah. instead of I, yeah. or like in most cases. And and it's because I really think whatever the project is now is 99% because of the volunteers. Yeah. So it's not even they help out a little with the work, but it's the bulk of the work uh, from ideation to execution mm. is done by the volunteers. And I'm sort of like the thread that joins it all together Mm -hmm. but most of the work has been done by volunteers yeah and as you said that them passing through it it creates this sort of continuity so there's uh there's this organizational memory so i'm the organ let's say i'm the organizational memory Mm -hmm. and then there's organizational input yeah that goes into sustain the project input and output if you're you're in the middle there is that memory bank and you have 
lots and lots of input through these volunteers and yeah. then the output is their work and their contribution yeah. Yeah. and you're just there to make sure that oh no someone did that last week or two months ago this yeah. happened so could you help with this section yeah, yeah. Um, do you think that'll make it hard to leave because because you're the con you're the one sort of consistent point of the whole process i think if i had to do it right away like right now it would be hard for sure but with enough time i could i could i totally see myself transferring on the responsibilities and and maybe they'll manage it differently in their own way mm. and and that's how it's supposed to be they shouldn't try and manage gaia grid like how i do yeah so so uh, it'll probably be difficult as i said if i had to do it right away but if i give it enough time and i have the right person yeah i think i'd really yeah. really love to do that at least for for a few months if not forever yeah what well, um i'd be interested to know what you how you think people could do this at home mm. and not in the sense that give away all of their possessions sure. and go to the hills sure. and buy a plot of land but you know I think I think the idea is for not everyone to do exactly what you've done, yeah. but people to do a little bit here and yeah. there. How might they start that process? I think uh, I think the most important thing, very controversial, but I think people should only do anything once they feel at peace with themselves. Mm. So if if I'm really not at peace with myself and I don't know if I'm at home within myself, then then I'll try to make change that's always short. You know, it lasts short term. Mm. So, for example, one thing I always uh, tell to people uh, who ask, okay, why don't you teach this to the villagers? Then they don't have to go into this whole cycle of. I will move to the city and I'll have a car and an apartment. Um, and then they realize, oh, money is not important. And then they come back to yeah. the village. I always think that that cycle is very important. And everyone has to go through that cycle because everyone has dreams. As they were growing up, they had certain dreams. Now, if you if you'd never achieve those dreams, you'll always have this feeling of scarcity. Mm-hmm. So I think it's important to live that life and then choose for yourself that, ah, I think it, this doesn't work for me and then go back to whatever uh, or go on to something. But uh, so the first step would be if you're planning on doing something, uh, make sure it's something for you first. Yeah. And, uh, and, and only then um, you could, of course, uh, move on to uh, helping others or... or or living for others and and practically how you do this i think uh, start with the small things start with uh, asking yourself am i being conscious in my consumption am i am i um feeding um so you know <laughs> there's this really interesting analogy that uh, we read really amazing books right so we are feeding ourselves um or 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 let's say we um uh, eat organic food, organic, vegan, uh, fair trade, a rainforest alliance food. And so we are physically nourishing our body really well. But then we look, we watch Fox News <laughs> <laughs> or, or, you know, or yeah. we watch, watch some extreme, um, uh, something on spike that, that yeah. you know, like jackass or something. Yeah. And, and essentially, uh, are you feeding your mind crap? Yeah. Uh, while feeding your body really good food yeah so so read up on something that enables you to think critically um in a ba balanced way without being biased towards one or another side and 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 that uh sort of information like mental food exposes you to being a little bit more aware with your consumption choices and remembering that with every item that you're purchasing you're actually casting a vote yeah you're you're voting for that item yeah and so you have that power with every purchase right so the small things start with the small things but of course if you wanted more practical information on how to grow your own food or how to grow a you know, backyard forest um, there's plenty of resources available i mean i'm, I'm pretty sure in, in the interest of time uh, covering it would probably not be the uh, yeah. um, best thing and of course you can always write to me or come visit here 
and 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 learn from whatever we are doing here um try to save resources i mean yeah. this goes without saying everyone knows it already um and uh, uh yeah and and see if if um you're able to not just recycle but reduce yeah uh, reduction of consumption and uh, and and this is of course if you if you genuinely care uh, about the about the plenty of research that's out there that shows that consumption is actually hurting the planet mm-hmm. um so so yeah only if you believe in these things can you start making these changes yeah. i think i think that's a it's a a really great point about what you're feeding yourself yeah i think this i've i've thought the same in the past about how much time people spend in the gym especially yeah. you know when i was in london working um with with a busy schedule you'd hear of most people before work they'd pack in a a spin class or a yeah. a legs bums and tums uh, <laughs> class yeah. and and that would be every day the week five times you know three four five times um a week and you know a lot a lot of people would feel so great because of that and so energized and they'd spend you know up to 70 100 pounds a month on gym memberships and yeah. proteins and vitamins and all the rest of it but then spend no time or money or energy on mental health yeah. or or working on their soul it would yeah. just be say if you've got your physical body your 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 physical health your mental health and then your the soul yes and if you can work on those three things it should be more balanced yes. rather than just okay i look good yeah. i feel physically good so that should be it right yeah. yeah and and i've only just come to realize that i should spend as much time on my mental health whether that's 10 minutes a day just sitting still and yeah. meditating in whatever way that might be it's not yeah. this it's not this version of it where you've got incense filling the room and you're chanting om all the time <laughs> exactly. which you know is is the perception a lot of people have yeah. sometimes i just sit down and do a breathing exercise for 5 minutes yeah. and that helps yeah. or feed your soul with something that's good like a i don't know a good conversation rock yeah. with your phone switched off yeah. and that kind of thing um and i think those three pillars if you can distribute your time and effort more yeah. between the three yeah. rather than focusing on the one that we all see in the mirror yeah because um, we are also so focused on the appearance of things yeah so we find more um advantage or or more reasons to nourish the appearance the yeah. body and it helps you have no mirrors here yeah. it's amazing yeah. i only realized it like couple of days in yeah. I haven't seen myself in 2 days yeah. it means that you you think more about how you're feeling yeah. like that's what you're judging you're judging how do i feel yeah. um where's my head at rather than what do i look like today yeah oh i look a bit fat or i look a bit ill or pale bad hair day <laughs> oh look at my hair or i'm i don't even know what i look like right now yeah. but you know i don't really care anymore and yeah. that's a is because i'm surrounded by people who I I don't think care about that either. Absolutely, But yes. it just does tune you in one step further into yeah. how you're feeling rather than how you're looking. Yeah. And and something if I if I would add to this it might sound very hippy is um if you if you if you're someone who like me believes in uh the fact that the soul is eternal then and your body is limited, right? Mm. So you feed your body x amount but to fulfill your soul's hunger you'll have to work so much more yeah. it requires this constant feeding so once you start feeding your soul it's kind of this um almost the satisfaction you get but you have to do it all the time yeah and and that's why so many people who start into this soul um searching they never kind of go back into very very few people go back into feeding the body again yeah uh, and and uh or 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 body in in an extravagant way i mean it, i'm not saying that people who are soul searching are dying of malnutrition but it's like feeding the soul becomes a priority in a way yeah it's it's like having that barrier right you've yes. got you have a barrier for food and and exercise and you're very conscious about what you put what you're putting in maybe you know i won't eat this that's crap food whatever but you've got to have that barrier mentally as well. Yeah. I won't scroll on my phone on yeah. Facebook or Instagram for yeah. a minute. Um I won't watch that thing. I won't listen to that person. Yeah. I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to police this. Yeah. I'm going to police what's going in yeah. to my mind as well as my body. Yeah. Or or 
or saying, okay, I mean, if you look at histo historically, like let's say the Ten Commandments, they are essentially don't, 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 yeah. don't, don't, don't. So there's a lot of, and, and a lot of people became atheists because they aren't comfortable with the idea of not doing things, you know, yeah. because at the end of the day, we are all children who want to be rebellious and do things when we are told not to do it. So I think the developing the consciousness that, okay, if I feel like scrolling through my Instagram, I mean, let's not judge me and I'm going to do it, but, and, and realizing that I'm doing it consciously and not getting sucked into it. Yeah. And, and this way you're still giving into whatever you want to do, but not letting it control you. Yeah. Um, because so many times I find myself trying to control myself and trying to say, okay, hush, don't do this and don't do that. And, and, and sort of then make a moral facade or, or ethical facade saying, okay, I'm this self-righteous guy who doesn't do this, 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 this. And that's why, that's where the concept of tox day came out, for example. The concept that I eat um, really healthy food um, every day, but every now and then I have a tox day where I let my body choose whatever it wants. Mm. And in most cases, I don't even choose anything that's toxic. But if I do, I don't feel... Or, or don't go over that guilt trip. Yeah, you don't end up in like Vegas for two nights. <laughs> no, that hasn't happened yet. Uh, tox weekend. Tox weekend. Um, well, harsh. I think that's a great place to end. Yeah, yeah. It's, so much. It's been so lovely. Yeah. Chatting. I don't know if there's anyone left listening. I'd be yeah. surprised if there was. Yeah. But I think, uh, I think there'll be at least one person. Yeah. <laughs> I'll listen to we'll, it again. Yeah. Listen to the whole thing. I'm never listening to this. <laughs> I hate the sound of my own voice. <laughs> Um, but yeah, thank you so much. It's been great listening to your story. Um, I've loved being here. I'm here for another couple of weeks. So we'll have uh, more time to catch up on more, more deep and meaningful conversations. Yes. Um, but I hope the listeners got an idea of what you're doing here. Yeah. Um, however I figure out how to upload this, I'd like to put in your website and your Instagram. And then if people do feel like giving any donations... Sure. Even if it's a pound, yeah. one pound, that'd be amazing. Half a pound. <laughs> where where would that where would that money go next? Do you think? Uh, so the the next focus area is developing a greenhouse. Okay. So that we can start making our saplings and yeah. and um, our seed beds. So that would be like right behind where we are sitting. Yeah. Because right at the moment it's just in the kitchen, right? By the kitchen. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Um, yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Uh, um, so yeah, if people feel like donating um, yeah. even a small amount, that would be amazing. Um, but it's just been a pleasure to hear your story and have a have a bit of a laugh with you as well. Yeah, yeah, it's been amazing. Cool. I, I I really look forward to when it comes out. When the yeah, well, comes yeah. Out. Let's let's do that. Yeah. All right. right. Let's end it there. Okay. Okay. Bye to everyone. Okay. Bye. Bye bye everyone. <laughs>